I'm excited. Thanks for asking me to do this. This is going to be so fun. I'm Alan Cornett, and this is the Eat Kentucky Podcast. Welcome back to the Eat Kentucky podcast, where we explore and celebrate Kentucky, its food, and its culture. This is your host, Alan Cornett. In this episode, I talk to Lexington-based TV news anchor and podcaster Haley Harmon of the new KSR podcast, The A Block. After five years, Haley recently left LEX18 and her midday television show. Since she had a little extra time, I was able to sit down with her at Lexington's La Petite Delicate on National Avenue for a chat. Haley discusses with me how she got into TV, the radically different career path she almost had, some go-to Lexington restaurants, and the weirdest requests she ever received from a viewer. Plus, she shares some details about her new podcast. Enjoy! transplant to Kentucky. I am, yes. You came from the dreaded volunteer state. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I won't know. give you too hard a time because my wife is also from Tennessee. So mm. I'm, uh, Where in Tennessee is she from? Uh, she's from the Memphis area. Oh, nice. I was born in Memphis. Okay, there you I go. I grew up in the Nashville area, but yeah, I was born in Memphis. All right. Well, uh, we're glad to have you in the bluegrass state. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Love it. How long have you been in Kentucky? I've been in Kentucky for five years. Okay. Five years. Actually, it'll be five years in like a week. Okay. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. 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 So long enough. Well, I it's feel your like anniversary. It is so. my anniversary. Here I am. Well, we're here at La Petite Delicate where yes. we're recording this. And so uh, we just had anniversary uh, <laughs> macarons. We from, did. Uh, and so, and I'll throw in a plug for La Petite since they're so nice to let us sit in here and record. But if you need a good macaron or coffee, come to National Avenue close to Winchester Road and they will take care of you. Yes, I got the vanilla buttercream. I mean, I'm such a traditionalist. They have like 50 flavors. They're all a delicious, but like, I feel like if a place can do a really good vanilla anything, sure. you know they can do everything else. That, and their vanilla buttercream will knock your socks you know, off. I, I'm a big donut guy, and that's how I always test a donut shop, not by their specialty donut, yeah. but how good is their basic glaze. Yes. And then we can go from there. Mm -hmm. uh, if they do the basic glazed right, then okay, then, yeah. then, we, can, then we can go. So yeah, you gotta do the basics, mm -hmm. then you can do the specialties. But, yeah, this place rocks, and the owners, they're just amazing. Oh, they're fantastic. And with holidays coming up, they're gonna have lots of new holiday flavors. They always do these cute little snowman shaped oh, uh, at Christmas time, snowman shaped macarons that are really cool. They're very giftable, which I've used, yes. used them for that mm -hmm. a few times. But So being in Kentucky for the past five years, you've had a chance to kind of acclimate mm -hmm. to what it's like. What is your favorite Kentucky food? My favorite Kentucky food? Oh gosh, like something that I can't get anywhere else or that I haven't gotten anywhere else? Sure, something that you view coming here as something Kentucky, and maybe you can get it, but something that's sort of representative that you think, hey, this is what I like to eat or that you seek out. Gosh, that I seek out. This is, I'm, I, mm. 
you know, I'm a country girl. I'm from the country, so I love, you know, just like comfort foods. I'm a big comfort food person. And so I can't think of anything specifically Kentucky, but like if there's pot roast on the menu anywhere, you're I'm good, getting it. it. I'm yeah. getting it. Like when I go to like Ramsey's is one of my lo you know local favorites. Everybody loves that. I yeah. love their pot roast. Dessert wise, y'all got to go to Missy's Pies. They mm -hmm. have black bottom banana. Yes. Banana and it's chocolate. That's like, yes, that I've is what it. sprung to mind immediately. Yeah, so, so just good. general pot roast, but that black bottom banana from Missy's Pies, amazing. Are you a, do you like derby pie? And I we'll do put, like, yes, we'll, thank we'll you. Throw that, in, we'll throw in a trademark for Kearns there on that. Yes, yes, <laughs> trademarks. I do like derby pie a lot. I love the, um, what I, something that I do really like about Kentucky, sorry, I feel like I'm giving such a roundabout answer. It no. takes me a while to get where I'm going. That's fine. You know, obviously is our bourbon industry here, which is so fantastic. Mm -hmm. But we'll, this would probably be my answer to your question. All the different ways restaurants and chefs in this area incorporate bourbon into food menus. Mm -hmm. Specifically, you know, like Keeneland with their bourbon bread pudding. Like, right. are you kidding me? That is like oh, it, heaven yeah, on earth. Really good. And so that would probably be the just valuing the rich history of bourbon here, but it's not just a cocktail. It's not just, you know, neat. You can have it in food and it's so good. And I think that that's something that's been explored a lot more over the past decade, mm -hmm. 15 years, more so than it used to be. You used to get bourbon balls. Yes, that, which yeah, Maybe I can get down with that. Maybe somebody would put some bourbon in their pecan pie or something like that. But or I, their coffee, no judgment. Right, sure. <laughs> Uh, depends on how rough your day's been. I That's guess. right, but, or your, um, how rough your morning has been. But <laughs> you see a lot more intertwining yeah. of, of that and, and chefs exploring mm -hmm. ways to use it. And I think, obviously, from a tourism standpoint, mm -hmm. the bourbon industry is interested in promoting that. Exactly, well. that, yeah, you don't have to be a big drinker to, you know. Because I think a lot of people that haven't had bourbon, they first taste it and it can be kind of a heavy beverage. But then when you taste that subtlety of flavor in other dishes, it makes you appreciate it, even if you don't like to imbibe or something like that. Sure, so. yeah, it gives a, it gives a nice flavor depth, in, yeah. especially in sweets. Yeah. Uh, it, it pairs really well, I think. Oh, so good. But, so so you mentioned Ramsey's is a place you like to eat. I love Ramsey's, man. Uh, and you get the you get the pot roast. Anything mm -hmm. else you get there? I get. Let me think. I get the pot roast. I, I love meatloaf. <laughs> one time on the show, um, you know, I used to work in the news here. One time on the show that I was on, I like freaked out because Ramsey's was on DoorDash and I had just discovered oh, it. No. Oh no! And I was talking about it on air, and I was like, just like guys, you you if you don't know this i'm gonna drop you some you know major help here ramsey's is on doordash i was like and i had several friends text me after the show they were like you were killing us you got meatloaf doordash to your house and i was like yes i did and don't be jealous that's right but i'm like they're meatloaf no judging yeah i was like let me live okay so yeah so i love ramsey's I'll, I'll be honest though the first time i went there I did not like it. Really? I don't know why. I think I just got the wrong thing. I can't remember what I even got, but I just remember feeling like, and I hate that. I feel like you should always give a restaurant a couple of tries, but I broke my own rule. It was something that I had. I can't remember what it was. And it wasn't bad. I just didn't like it. Right. And then, so for like, I've had a year, year and a half when people would say, let's go to Ramsey's. I was, I was just kind of always like, well, okay. And then finally I went and that's when I landed on the pot roast and the meatloaf. And I was like, I'm so glad I came back because they are such a local staple. And I, I yeah. They are, they've, they've, a lot of ways they, they've been kind of the flagship Lexington place to eat. Exactly, yeah. I've, 
I've been upset ever since they closed the original location. Yes. Which is which opened when I was at UK many, mm-hmm. many years ago. 200 years yes, ago, that's right, yes. Back in the last century. <laughs> and uh, that was where I would go and was first introduced to it. And when I lived out of town, I would come back and I would go there mm-hmm. to eat. And then they closed that. And so it's not quite been the same just because of the whole nostalgia memory thing. But mm-hmm. I really think that they paved the way for a lot of the farm to table yeah. that you see in Lexington now. Uh, and before we start hit the record button, you and I were talking to him about Weta Michael. She's sort oh. of taken that mm-hmm. and run with it yes. in a lot of ways. I want to go to the Weta Michael School of Life because how this woman runs so many restaurants know, and just she's... businesses, it, and she remains so joyful at all times. <laughs> Whenever does. I see her, if I had her job, she might I would be pulling. with that. I don't yeah, know, true. But... I'm sure behind the scenes, you know, she you know gets a little frazzled, but you would never know it. A- absolutely. Like she's everything always... she does is so successful, but she is such a just a lovely person. And every time I see her, she gives you attention like you're the most important person in the room. Weta has a very big fan club, bigger than than she even realizes. She's exactly. Got. And she's so humble. She yeah, but oh man. I love her. But uh, she, I'm pretty obsessed with Zim's, the newest yes. addition to the Weta Michael restaurant family. I've been family. Zim's a couple of times. Uh, I you know, my favorite is Wallace Station. Of oh Weta's, yes. Weta's places. That mm-hmm. was really the first one that I started going to. You see I, you see I get stuck on these what I started with first, but mm-hmm. To me, Wallace Station is everything I want a central Kentucky restaurant to be. Yes. It's uh, the setting. You go back there and you eat in the back. You've got a barn and Mm -hmm. you're close to Midway. And Mm -hmm. it feels like you're out in the middle of nowhere when you get there. Yeah. It's really not that far. It almost feels like this amazing secret when you're there. Like, I can't believe we're here. And anyone else that's here, they also found, it kind of feels like a speakeasy in a way. Like it's like this secret little jewel. And it's where I always send people and they ask me, where should I go? I say, if you've got time, go out to Wallace Station, you'll be glad you did. Yes, agreed. Now I think Zim's is probably a place you can send people who don't necessarily have the time to go out, mm-hmm. but uh, they can get a little different feel, but but the in the old courthouse is really is really cool. Yeah. So you you love meatloaf. Yes, I know. And that's ro- my and pot roast. But so the question claim. is, do you cook at home? Are you a are you a cook? You know, I'm trying to be. You know, my you know career is in news and with that comes ungodly hours and schedule sure. because specifically for me as well i did morning news for almost my entire career and so um that meant i was getting up at 2 30 in the morning and then you know supposed to be in bed by 6 30 or 7 and even though that meant my eating schedule had to shift i'd eat breakfast at 3 a.m lunch and then dinner you know around like 2 p.m or something like that i in those formative young 20s to mid 20s where I think normally if I'd had a normal job I would have been like getting more into cooking. I was so exhausted all the time the last thing I wanted to do was sure. cook something. Yeah. That, I can see getting uh, up at 2, 2.30 isn't really conducive yeah. for you know, fried eggs and no, bacon. Exactly and then I was just too exhausted it's like I just was like no I'm no so I would in, eat intra, out. Intra DoorDash. Yes basically that's when I started my long delicious love affair with Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub. Postman. Oh, I'm sorry. I could go on and on. Um, yeah, but lately I've really been getting more into it. I'll tell you what has really helped me is I tried 
HelloFresh mm -hmm. and Home Chef. You know, they send you all the food and the recipe. And I didn't know if it was going to be too gimmicky. It wouldn't actually be good. That stuff is good. So I did that in that kind of, because I find cooking intimidating. And I sure. think a lot of people maybe I my age, so. or if you're so. not really familiar with it, or, you know, it, it can be intimidating. So A, I was tired all the time. And then B, I, even if I did have the time and I wasn't exhausted, I was nervous. Like, this is going to be hard and there was too much to pick from. But yeah, HelloFresh just made it easy. And so I did that. And I don't do it anymore. I don't think it's a, you know, maybe for some people. It wasn't a super long-term thing for me, but... It got you kickstarted. It did. It got me kickstarted and cooking things and teaching me like I can cook this and it's not going to be a disaster and I can do this. So I've started cooking a lot more you know, in I, the last several months. I think one of the problems that it solves that I think a lot of times people maybe don't anticipate is what what to buy and how much. If, uh, I, if I want to cook X, right? how do I shop for that? Mm -hmm. And that's a skill in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that may be sometimes we've gotten so supermarket trained. I think sometimes that's why farmers markets are a little intimidating mm -hmm. to people. Uh, and I don't know, maybe maybe they need to do how to shop training. I mean, it's yeah, to, just, honestly, just to, just to help people. Just for out, someone right? to make me a grocery list of exactly what I need. Because, yeah, other. Yeah. So you grew up in Tennessee. I did, yes. And you said you were a country girl. So how, how mm -hmm. define country for me? Well, I am from Lebanon, Tennessee. Okay. It is a suburb of Nashville, so middle Tennessee. I'll tell you, the little, and it's like kind of a joke, but it's true. Um, the, I live in Le grew up in Lebanon. The unincorporated part of town we lived in um, was on the lake, Old Hickory Lake, named after Andrew Jackson. It was called Possum Town. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, well then we can we can absolutely certify you as country. That's right, that Possum Town. I don't know why it was anytime, called that. Anytime a possum is involved. You know it. And so we had a Possum Town parade. Oh, nice. We had- Did they it, have a Miss Possum Town? Oh, they did, the queen of Possum Town. And I think it was more like a tongue in cheek, like everybody knew how ridiculous it was. And it's not that country. Sure, It's, I you know, like it was, you know, still like five minutes from my school, but it's kind of out in, you know, the, you know we were, probably 15 minutes from town, but it was on the lake. You know, I, I loved where I grew up. We had such a wonderful time. And then, um, but yeah, we always, yeah. Anytime I go home, like my parents' neighbors are always like, welcome back to Possum Town. <laughs> like, well, hey. did you ever run for queen of Possum Town? I did not. Okay. I did not. You did not. But the parade your... would go right by our front house, uh, the front porch of my parents' house. And we, okay. you know, it was so fun. Yeah. I loved where I grew up. It was great. It was so fun. Well, Nashville has really embraced Hot chicken is kind of the that's the thing the, the Nashville signature food. Exactly. Are you a hot chicken gal? You know what? I am not. I would like to be, uh, but my palate and my taste buds will not allow it. The pain I feel, <laughs> I think I want to like it. I want to because I love fried chicken. Lord knows. I, I, I don't enjoy it at all. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the flavors are lovely, but I can't get past the pain I am feeling. Well, you have to adjust your level on it. Yeah. You can, you can typically pick your level. The first time I had it, I, I mean, I was just sweat yes. pop, popping up on my brow. Just, uh -huh. You know, I, I was paper towels to wipe sweat. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't, I mean, the atmosphere was not hot. It yeah. was the chicken that was uh -huh. hot. But uh -huh. So I, I try to go above basic, but I also try to recognize my limits. Exactly. I'm just chicken. like, you know, it amazes me how different people can eat the 
to, what to me would literally send me to an early grave. It's so hot. Like I just can't. And so I, I'm trying to get a little better, but like when I go to like Joella's, you know, chicken here in Lexington, mm -hmm. I love that place, but I get like the regular or like the very, just the, just the one directly right. above that. But there'll be people next to me getting like the hottest of the hot. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how you're doing this. Let me tell you where I do love. Have you been over to Gus's? I have not. Oh, do it. And their owner, and it's actually funny, you know, because it's a smallish franchise. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a huge chain. So the original founder, obviously, is named Gus. Well, the guy who um, brought it here to Lexington, his name is also Gus, yet no oh. relation. Oh, he I just see. happened to buy it. So, like, I always tell him, he's, like, probably my age. You know, I'm, you know, 31, and he's a young guy, you know, cute guy, really sweet. When, when uh, I took my parents in there, and he um, paid for our meal, which was so lovely. But, yeah, I was, like... I didn't put, he didn't explain right away that he wasn't the Gus he was, that, right, yeah. and I was like, he should oh have my like a gosh. Name tag that says Gus, Gus, no, not that one. No, yeah, no, <laughs> right. not that one. But yeah, super nice guy. But yeah, I just thought that was so funny. I was like, is that like a prerequisite before you can buy one of the franchises? <laughs> right, yeah. Your name has to be Gus. O only Gus need apply. Yeah, but I was like, that's so funny. But yeah, their chicken, they don't offer different levels. It's just fried chicken, but it has the, a little bit of heat yeah, to it, little... but just enough. It was, it's, it's very good. And they're, um, oh, good collard greens can save the world. Well, and they on, have, on your recommendation, I'll absolutely give it a You try. have to, and go, yeah. go see Gus. Tell him, tell him Haley sent you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's get back to Tennessee. So okay. you grew up in the country. That's right. Close to Possum Town. Oh yes, in the heart. And then, and then what happened? What, where'd you go to high school? What, what were your interests then? Well, so I went to um, a private school there. It was called Friendship Christian School. And um, yeah, I went there starting in fifth grade. So I went there most of fifth through 12. It was a K through 12 school. Were you an athlete? I was, yes. I was a um, soccer player and I was also a cheerleader. Okay. So yes, yeah, so I did both of those. And then, yeah, all the way through my senior year, um, Loved it. I love, man, it was just a good time. I was one of those weird, I loved high school. I loved school. I'm just such a social person and, and um, yeah, but then I always kind of knew I wanted to do something in TV, be it like acting or maybe news or something. But yeah, so I went to school thinking I want to do mass media. So I went to MTSU, Middle Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. You know, my parents went to Tennessee. My dad's a veterinarian. So we went to vet school at UT and I'd always thought that's where I'd go. But then when I kind of settled on media, MTSU has such an exceptional broadcast journalism and just mass media communications program, you know, in the whole region, in my opinion, one of the best. And so I was like, well, I guess I should think about my future and not football season, which now I try have, not to think about maybe it. Maybe you were playing the long game. I think that. so, man. I was looking really you know, far MTSU, ahead. MTSU, people outside of Tennessee probably don't realize that MTSU is actually, I think at this point, has a bigger undergraduate population mm -hmm. than UT. Not oh, it does, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I, mean, I you know, it's in, yeah, it is. It was bigger when I was there as well. And, and I loved it. Like I thought it was so great. And so I got a great education there, loved it. Well, I, you know, I'm a confident person, yet I'm also a I hate being vulnerable mm -hmm. and in media and in, you know, especially, you know, a personality driven on camera type sure. side of journalism, you really got to put yourself out there. Oh, absolutely. And so like, I'm confident, but it's, it's scary to open yourself up to criticism over not just how you look, but how your voice sounds, how you present, how confident you appear. So the first media class I signed up for, 
I was so intimidated. The professor was kind of a jerk. Um, and the first class I took, I called my parents. I was like, nope, not doing it, not doing it. I'm not doing news, I'm not doing media, I can't do it. It's too stressful, there's too many people competing. I can't do this. My parents were like, okay, um, why don't you calm down? And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. So I got so freaked out. So I changed my major. <laughs> and So you were serious about I not doing serious. it. I was serious. I got so freaked out. I just was like, just thinking ahead of the future. I was like, I can't do this. There's too much competition. There's so many other girls, you know, that are, that are smarter than me, prettier than me, better than me, blah, blah, blah. I just got too freaked out over the competition aspect. Because that was one of the things I think they try to weed out people, women and men, that just want to be on TV. Sure. So I think maybe that first class I took, they do kind of shock factor you. Like, if you think you're here and you're going to make a ton of money, you're wrong. If you think that these jobs are going to be easy to get, you're wrong. If you think this is just about being on TV and it's this glamorous position, you're wrong. And so it just was a lot of kind of negative talk at first. But I think they weed out the people that are there for the wrong reasons. Right. And I didn't get weeded out because of that. I just got scared to death. Right. So I was like, I'm not doing this. And I, growing up, I loved science and math like I'm a I'm you know I love that kind of stuff and so I think maybe it's because my dad you know his veterinary I guess I kind of share that same brain so I was like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do pharmacy so I switched to pre-pharmacy oh, wow. for like uh like a year I think and then I was a pharmacy tech and loved it and but my feet hurt from walking oh. around all day and I was like this isn't for me this is how I make my big life decisions guys really just with a well, lot of sometimes thought sometimes it's those those little small things that mm -hmm. make all the difference they do and I was like no plus I just knew in my heart I could do pharmacy and I you know and the pharmacy I worked for was great and I feel like it is a lovely career noble career but I just knew I wouldn't have been super happy so mm -hmm. I thought well maybe I'll give this media thing, thing one more yeah. try so, so, so that's the alternate history. Mm -hmm. I could have been that, a pharmacist. That you would be a pharmacist. That's right. I would have been standing there, maybe at a Walgreens or a Kroger, living my life, hurting. I would have had on Uggs yep. every day, <laughs> winter, spring, summer, fall, something cushy. And then, yeah, so then I went back to media and I, I felt just at peace. I just felt like this is what I'm supposed to be okay. doing. And I ended up, you know, excelling at my program, thank goodness. And that really helped build my confidence because, yeah, I finally saw like, that I do have, thank the Lord above. I know he gave me all my gifts and talents. I had a natural talent for it. Plus, I'm a really hard worker, so it just. Sometimes it takes stepping out of what we're unsure about to decide what we really want. Yes, you know? yes. It, it clarified things It for did, you. it clarified. I was like, I gotta get over that fear. That's when I really got to the core of it, why I switched and panicked is I was afraid. The mm -hmm. fear and fear won. And I finally decided not to let it win, and I just decided to go for it, and I'm so glad that I did. Yeah, so, so tell me about your trajectory from that point. So forward. I graduated from college in 2010, and then I got my first job in news over in Bowling Green, okay. actually. My first job was... So you were um, easing into Kentucky from That's Nashville. right, that's right. I just took a little short drive up the road to Bowling Green. And yeah, so I got um, a reporter position at WBKO, the ABC station there. And yeah, I reported and, you know, again, that, that fear happened again. And I was like, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough at this? What if they are like, yeah. So I, it, was, it was a learning curve for sure, but I really got my feet wet there. And, and how long were you there? I was there two years. Two years. So I reported there and then I did weekend evening anchoring. And then I started anchoring our morning show and lunchtime show. Okay. 
which was kind of like a, you know, cooking segments and things like that, kind of mm -hmm. like the show I used to do here in Lexington. So, so you've mostly been sort of first part of the day. Is yes. What, yeah, morning, noon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, morning and noon has been kind of my bread and butter. So yeah, so, and I was so blessed. I mean, that's the big thing in this field. It's all about timing because there are actually so few jobs in this field right. on air, you know, and most of the time they, you know, when one opens, it gets filled pretty quickly because there are tons of applicants and they hire from within and stuff. And so I was so fortunate to get my first job and then those anchoring positions opened and I was, you know, thankfully had the opportunity to get those. So I was there for two years, learned, learned a ton. Then I went to got a job in Knoxville. Okay. And then I uh, anchored there for two years. And then, yeah, then I got the job in Lexington. Well, Been here for we're five. Glad, we're glad you did. Yeah, I am too. I really, Lexington is nothing, uh, a place I knew nothing about before I got mm -hmm. a job here. And I just, I mean, I'll say I'm shocked at how much I love it and not because there's anything wrong with Lexington. It's just because genuinely I had no idea what to expect. Sure. I took the job and just came and I was just like, this place rocks. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a place that's a little off the radar for a lot of, for uh -huh. a lot of people outside of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. They think of Louisville because it's the bigger city. Yes. And Louisville's great, but Lexington's got a much different feel. Mm -hmm. I, to me, and you, you can answer this better than I could, but to me, Lexington, feels a little bit more like Nashville, or at least what Nashville used to feel like. Nashville's gotten so big now. Yeah, Nashville's maybe. huge now. But yeah, there's kind of a similar vibe, mm -hmm. I think, in, in some ways. But obviously Nashville's a lot bigger mm -hmm. at this point. I love Lexington because I feel like, at least for me, it's the perfect mix of small town and big city. Like there are aspects of our city that I feel like we are so culturally diverse. We have such an amazing food scene and culture and you know, just so many amazing events that appeal to so many different people and we really tackle some big issues and, you know, but then I feel like at the same time, there's these little, you know, these mom and pop places and just this really good sense of community. And I just think it's a great marriage of big city and small town, yeah, you know, so. and I think kind of whatever you're looking for, you're going to find here. I mean, cause it's kind of funny. I was out at the summit earlier today and I hadn't been out there in a while. And it's true. I remember that feeling when it opened, it felt like, where am I right now? Like, it doesn't feel like I'm in Lexington. Right. So there's yeah. that aspect. You have this amazing, glorious, high fashion shopping center. But then you can also, you know, go across the street and you're at this little farmer's market or, you, you know, or you're, you know, I just feel like whatever you're looking for, you're going to find here. Yes. I think having the university here obviously is a big, big deal yes. with that. Horse racing brings mm -hmm. in. You get some, for a, for a city Lexington size, it's one of those, as they say, it punches above its weight, I think, because mm -hmm. of some of these things, such as you were mentioning earlier, the bourbon industry, mm -hmm. uh, horse racing, university, those bring in elements that a city this size may not have otherwise. Yes, exactly. Some yeah. food and cultural elements. I yeah, think. and I've loved learning about the horse business since living here. It's, that's been another aspect that's been so fun to learn about. While we take a brief break, I wanted to tell you about my day job, and sometimes nights and weekends. I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. When I'm not eating or posting about food, I help people find the home of their dreams in the Lexington area. If you need to buy or sell your home, please email, text, or call alancornett at kw.com or 859-327-1818. Now let's talk more about food. 
So you were on the air here for five years uh -huh. at this point. Who knows what the future may hold? Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. But you had to encounter some crazy things. Uh-huh. Tell me about the craziest thing. It's, it's all okay. They won't hear about it. Okay. This will stay <laughs> just between us. That's right. Oh, gosh. Like, like things I've covered or just experiences? Sure. Yeah. Just that, that, that have come through the station. Hmm. I mean, gosh, all manner of horrificness, of course, from the news side. Oh, sure. Well, let's not get into that. Right. But just, I guess, sort of your human interest type oh. stories that, that came through. Well, the first thing I wanted to share with you, and this isn't so much a story, but this is just one of my personal experiences since I've been here, and everyone at the station loves it, and it's one of the legendary stories. Not long after I got here, I got an email and it was from a viewer. I love to hear from the viewers. You know, our emails are posted on the website because we love to hear from viewers if you have a story idea or, you know, whatever. Um, and social media, I got an email and it was from this man and it was like, hey, Haley, welcome to Lexington. Love watching you. Da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, well, that's nice. Well, then as I read further, I'm like, oh, no. It said, um, yeah, love watching you. Welcome. Da, 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 da. Um, I would just like to say, though, I've been going through a really hard time, and it would really help me out if you could send me some pictures of your feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it said, I promise I'm not a weirdo, but I just love a couple pictures. That would be so great. Again, it would really help me out. I've been through this very difficult time. Thanks so much, John or something. I don't even know what it was. I mean, so I forwarded it immediately to our whole station. And I was like, hope everyone's having a great day. Here's how mine is going. Enjoy. You know, and no judgment. Everybody's into their own thing. Sure. You do you, boo. But I just was like, at what did he think I really was going to be like, you know what? You are having a really right. tough time. Here's a couple pics. So, no, I think I did not reply. So, sir, if you're out there, I'm really sorry, but that's never going to happen. That's been one of my favorite viewer emails. I guess emails. that's one of those you, you can't knock a guy for trying, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I'm like, he's got yeah. guts. Yeah. He, he doesn't battle well, that fear that about, I do. Oh, right. You were talking about overcoming your fear. <laughs> he maybe, did. Maybe there are some, mm -hmm. some things that we, we ought to let societal norms keep us from, though. That's right. I'm like, you know, man, <laughs> good on you for not, yeah, for not letting that fear hold you back. But, yeah, that's one of my favorite emails I've ever gotten. I'm trying to think it, of anything. It really it would be hard to top that. I, I know think. that to me is one of the, anytime people ask me, they're like, you must get crazy emails a lot. And I'm like, yeah, that was crazy. I'm, um, so do you get a lot of, I mean, you mentioned earlier is kind of the, the judgmental type stuff. Do you get a lot of, you're, you're on, on the air hours every day. Yeah. Do you get a lot of people, you know, I don't like what you wore. I don't like your hair. I don't like how you look. I don't like how you sound. You know, all those things you were mentioning yeah. earlier. Do you? You know, is that a real fear or, I mean, do, do people really come through and have a... They do. I mean, not, not a ton. And I think we're fortunate to live in an area where, you know, people, most, most people are very nice. And sure. even if they don't like you, you know, a lot of times, and maybe it's my personality, I'm usually, I try to just talk to people like a normal person. If someone is upset by something I've said, or, you know, if it's someone who just is trying to get some steam off and is, it just sounds like a mean person, just emailing to tell me they hate my hair. I'm like, well, you hate yourself more than you hate me. So sure. just go somewhere. You know, I'm just like, whatever. But if it's someone with a genuine, con you know, issue with something I've said or something, I feel like just responding to them as a person and saying, you know, I'm human, I'm, you know, made a mistake. Or even if I didn't make a mistake, if it's just a difference of opinion, I'll just say, I totally understand what you're saying. Sure. You know, and that's something I've really grown 
in understanding as I've gotten older is we don't all have to agree all the time. Correct. We can yes. have a difference of opinion, yet we can still respect each other. I have, I have a similar conversation with, uh, with one of my daughters frequently. Mm-hmm. We don't always have to agree we on don't always with, have to with agree. everybody, and we can still get along fine. We can, and we can have, you know, nonviolent communication <laughs> about it. I feel Correct. like our culture and our society these days makes you feel like if you disagree with someone, then you just got to scream at them and, and let them know how stupid. It's like, no, we can just notice that in each other that we disagree yeah. and move people, on. People need more coffee and macarons, and then they'd be exactly. happier. Exactly. I'm like, the only time that I feel like we need to have a serious discussion is if someone's position on something is hurting someone else. Sure. That's different. I'm like, but, so most of the time, like, if I've, I think I'm I'm very blessed, and I don't know why I, because I, I hear horror stories from other anchors. Oh, sure. I mean, no matter where you are, you can I'm be sure the most perfect news anchor in the entire world, do everything right from a job perspective, also be an amazing person, and you're still gonna get mean messages. Yeah. People will stoop to the, the lowest of lows to tell you, yeah, they hate your hair, they hate your makeup, they hate what you're wearing, you're fat, you're ugly. I mean, people say these things, and it is truly shocking. Not just to me, but to anybody. And I mean, it's just disgusting. But then also, yeah, like, you know, I didn't like your story, and, and uh, you know, or what you guys are talking about is stupid. There's always gonna be people that don't like you. And to, yeah, the people that are just mean and appear to be soulless and just wanna hurt you, don't it there's no point in even responding well sure like you said that's tells more about them exactly than you so that i mean that's that's tough you do have to have a really thick skin in this business sure. you know because well, if people the are reality mean, i'm sorry go ahead no no no. you're fine you're fine the, the reality is that uh, no matter like you said no matter how perfectly you do something mm -hmm. you're not going to please everybody with it it's exactly not, not everything is for everybody yeah exactly and it's just because there's plenty of news anchors out there, you know, on a national level that, not that I don't like, but that I, they just aren't my cup of tea. Right. Their delivery style or their just personality just doesn't gel with mine. But the difference is I would never write them an email saying, you look ugly or you, I don't like your voice or I don't, you know, I'm just like, I don't have to watch them. And that's the luxury. There are so many other anchors out there. Right. There, but there's somebody who loves it. Exactly. Uh, uh, clearly, they, if they're on a national level, with. millions of other people like them. And I don't dislike them personally because I don't know them personally. Sure. I may just not enjoy the way they deliver the news right. or the weather or whatever it may be. It's also true that sometimes when we actually get to know people like that, that we suddenly find that they're not nearly as bad as we, as we oh, thought exactly. They were. You have to remember they're a real person. Right. So yeah, I, I'm very blessed to have, I definitely encounter, you know, it's been nice since I've had a little break from, you know, that since I've been on a little bit of a sabbatical. Um, but I've, yeah, like I said, I've heard horror stories of other people that have gotten terrible messages. So I feel very fortunate that I will get those, but not to the scale, thank the Lord, that I hear other news anchors talking about. You know, and I have gotten a lot stronger in the last several years just of like, you know, just because someone thinks something doesn't make it true. They may think that I look terrible today. Does that make it true? No. They might think that what I said was stupid and redneck. <laughs> that doesn't make it true. You know, That's and right. I'm just like, I don't have to please everybody. And I just do me and I, you know, yeah. it is what it is. I'll respond if they have, res if they've written me something respectfully sure. criticizing, I will respond. But if they're just being mean, it's not just worth your time to respond. I just delete it and, and move, move on. on. Right. So you mentioned earlier before mm -hmm. we again, before we hit the record button, that you've got your own podcast project yes. coming up. Tell us a little bit about that, because I'm, I'm sure folks will be interested. Yes, yes, yes. And so, well, okay, so this will be 
they probably might be coming out at the same time. I'm not going to say the name of it yet or who it's with, just because I, you know, we're going to do a big reveal. But yes, I'm going to be starting a podcast soon with two of my best friends, um, two other ladies that you'll you'll know. Um, but yeah, we're going to do just kind of. We're feeling like that's a market that's kind of untapped in this area, mm-hmm. is just young women, young adults, young professionals that are about my age, again, you know, early 30s or even late 20s, wherever. And just talking kind of about our lives and the challenges we face and the joys and just kind of where we are in this stage of our lives and in society and what's going on. And also just talk about pop culture and, you know, if you don't like that stuff, again, you don't have to listen. Sure. But, you know, The Bachelor and, you know, anything culturally, you know, pop culture-wise, movies and music and mm-hmm. podcasts and just, sure. just kind of like... Chatting. We want it to be like chatting with your best friends. So is it going to is it going to be sort of locally focused, as in like Lexington, the Bluegrass, or is it going to be more of just sort of general topics like here? It'll there? be kind of both because okay. obviously where we live, all three of us, we live here in Lexington, and um, so we're going to talk a lot about Kentucky and Lexington and what's going on really just in our personal lives, but then talk about broader topics, you know, the stuff that everybody across the country is talking about. Sure. So and that's kind of what we want it to feel like. Like you were going to happy hour with your three best girlfriends after work mm-hmm. and you're just chatting about, hey, what's been going on with you this week? And also, what do you think about this? Can you believe that, you know, he picked so-and-so on The Bachelor, <laughs> you know, which we know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, just what everybody is talking about, you know, Taylor Swift's new album or anything like mm-hmm. that, you know. Sure. So it's just going to be fun. It's just, and it'll be nice to kind of get my, you know, keep my foot in media and sure. stuff, you know, keep that, you know, keep those muscles rocking. Is that going to be a weekly Podcast. It is. It's going to be weekly. Um, and then, yeah, I wish I could tell you more, but we want to do a big kind of yeah. reveal. Well, but that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Very good. Well, yeah. when it comes out, I will put the link in show notes so yes, folks please. can track that down. Yes, and, yes. And it's going to be it's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm excited. And, and um, we have a great sponsor already lined up. Um, it's a place out at the summit, and they're going to sponsor us. And so that's going to be really fun. So we'll get to tell everybody about that. So Very nice. I'm excited. I mean, what made you decide to do a podcast? I mean, because I just think it's such, it's exploding right now it for really all is. kinds of topics, no matter what you want to listen to. The, I'll let, I'll let you interview me for a second. Yes, I, yes. <laughs> I intended to start this podcast a few years ago. Yeah. Did an initial interview, uh, which to the person who I interviewed, will redo it at some point because <laughs> it's a little dated at this point. Yeah. But it just never, things got in the way. I just yeah. never sat down to, to fight my way through to getting to a finished product. And so uh, I wish, obviously, kind of going back to making decisions, right? I, I wish yes. that I'd gone ahead. But at uh-huh. this point, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm happy about it. Good. I think there's, uh, I know a lot more about the food scene here. Um, so at this point than I did then. So, mm-hmm. you know, so that's good. I uh, have somewhat similarly to you have tended to be in front of people a lot and mm-hmm. uh, I talk a lot mm-hmm. and I have opinions on lots of things. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I, su- I suppose anything like that is a little bit of a conceit, is it? <laughs> so that yeah. you just want, you figure people are bound to be interested in what I have to say. Uh-huh. But uh, I figure people are probably more interested in me talking to other people who are actually more interesting than me. So that's why I'm talking <laughs> to you. But, uh, you know, I like to sit down and have conversations. And Eat Kentucky is a project I started five years ago. Yeah. And initially, 
with a focus on it as a website, doing, uh, doing reviews of restaurants mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, local news. Uh, I've started my Instagram as a way to use all the photos I was taking of food, yeah. but then in, the Instagram side of it took off, and mm -hmm. so it really, a lot more people were interested in that. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, it's one of those things you sort of go where the eyes are. Yeah. But I am a native Kentuckian, love Lexington, and want to see local places do well. Mm -hmm. So my focus has always been obviously on local places and local uh, restaurants and so forth. And you showing the food is fun, but I think it's also much more enlightening to actually talk to the people who are behind it. Yeah. And whether that's people who are writers or chefs, I want to cast a fairly wide net mm -hmm. with this uh, and talk to people about their food experiences, not necessarily people who are producing the food, although I, we're going to do that too. Yeah. So it's, uh, the idea is food is our anchor point, mm -hmm. and then we may talk about all sorts of other things yeah. like, like you and I are doing. Well, and so I feel like, good. I mean, that's what you do when you go to dinner with people. Sure. You talk about the food and how delicious it is and what you're going to get, but then it always goes elsewhere. Right. You know, food is what brings us together. Absolutely. Breaking bread is a, yes. is a fundamental human enterprise. And yes. So hopefully folks will listen to this over some coffee and macarons. And yeah. Can... Whenever I listen to podcasts, it's always when I'm in the car driving. Mm -hmm. I find it so soothing. I can only do it, though, if I'm not even the least bit tired. Like I love on a road trip listening to a podcast, but if I am the least bit tired, no, you I just can't. Zone out I'm afraid I'll zone out and fall yeah. asleep, which yeah, don't don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Absolutely but I love not. podcasts. I never I was kinda late to the game. Um one of my friends, Claire Crouch, you know, she's the morning anchor over at LAX eighteen. She's one of my best friends. And yeah, she was the one that was like, I can't believe a couple of years ago, she's like, you know, you listen to podcasts, right? And I was like, No. She was like, How? How do you live? And I was like, I don't know. So she turned me on to it, and now I'm like, I don't know how I ever drove long distances before. Well, so so excluding your own upcoming podcast, yes. so what are your what are some favorite podcasts you would recommend to people? I and love, obviously present podcast excluded. That's right, guys. Well, you know, listen to this one; it's the bomb. Um, let's see. I my first introduction to it was a podcast called, and it's wildly popular now. So I'm probably beating a dead horse here. If I, I'm sure everyone already listens. To, to this, it's called My Favorite Murder. <laughs> it's a true crime podcast. They're very big. My wife listens to tr true crime. Oh, podcasts. I love true crime. It's just, you know, I grew up watching Dateline 2020, 48 Hours, mm -hmm. all that when I was a kid. Like, I love true crime. It is truly fascinating. It is the worst side of the human condition, honestly. Sure. It really is. But that's why it's so fascinating to the layman because it's so like, how could anyone do this? Especially people that seem so regular. So my favorite murder, and it's these two women who, they're hilarious, but then they also cover just the craziest crimes that have ever happened in the US or across the world. So I love that. I recently listened to, this is gonna be a big true crime theme. I recently listened to one called uh, Man in the Window, Ooh. and it's just a six-part kind of mini-series, and it's about uh, the Golden State Killer, who they recently arrested after 40 years on the run. Um, what else did I listen to? I recently listened to Dr. Death. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, this is heavy. <laughs> I wish I could tell you, like, um, I listened to God's Guiding Light. <laughs> um, no, I probably should. 
But yeah, that's pretty much what I'm into okay. is true crime because I love I love podcasts that are stories like this. Have you listened to the new Bardstown podcast? Have you heard about it? Yes, I've heard about it, but I haven't listened to I it yet. I haven't either. Okay, I've got to get on and download yeah. that. Yeah, me too. Because so I mean that, guys, Bardstown, wow. I, I have this feeling that one day, because of course they have all those unsolved murders in Bardstown, I feel like one day, and hopefully one day soon, they'll solve either several of them or all of them. I bet they're all connected in some way. I just, I think the people of Bardstown need some peace. Did you watch the mini, little miniseries? I did. Yeah, I watched I did. that too. Yes, that poor family. How Sherry Ballard, Crystal Rogers' mother, puts one foot in front of the other oh, every day. That it's woman awful. is made of, I mean, stone. She is such a rock star, and my heart goes out to her. Well, you know, it's, it's fascinating because to bring it back to food because Bardstown is such a food and bourbon mecca. Oh, it is. It you absolutely know, it's is. It's been voted best small town in America, all of those yeah. things. And so this is just such, it's the events surrounding the mystery there or mysteries mm-hmm. are heightened because of it seems so unlikely. There. Yes, of where it is. It's like Bardstown of all places. Right. This I, many unsolved crimes. I mean, crimes. you know, I'm I'm from Eastern Kentucky, mm-hmm. where sometimes bad things happen. Yeah. So it might not be as big of a surprise in some places. Yeah. But here, it's you know, you, you sort of think of picket fences and mm-hmm. manicured lawns yeah. and that kind well, of thing. But yeah, I just we. I mean, this is kind of sick but it's the truth like those of us in the news business at least at our station or my old station now you know or we used to always joke whenever one of us would get assigned after it just got so insane in Bardstown we would all anytime one of us got assigned a story in Bardstown we'd be like well I hope I come back because I mean it's just when you kind of think about it, it's a little eerie and scary that that many people have lost their lives and nothing to show for it you know you know you hope it's not you know, nowadays I feel like it's pretty hard for a case to go unsolved. Yeah, you would think, especially with as much scrutiny as it's had. Yeah, you know, I'm like, is there just one stone that's not, you know, that's been unturned? You know, but I just feel like, I just hope their deaths are not in vain. Yeah. I hope that one day we will know and the right people will be brought to justice. Yeah. Obviously, justice needs to be served there. Yes. So... In five years or 10 years or 20 years, mm-hmm. where would you like to be in the TV world? Would, or, or somewhere else yeah. if you're thinking? I think, you know, because a lot of people have asked me because I'm, you know, and I love, you know, people having an interest because I still always fight that feeling of, and I think this might come as a shock to people, but I do fight a little bit of am I good enough type feeling, you know, and I, you know, and so I just, I find it fascinating that people are interested in what I'm doing and that people have been so kind and amazing to me when I announced I was leaving. It just really shocked me just seeing how much people connected with me and really enjoyed watching me. And that really just meant the absolute world. And so I've appreciated that people have been like, please don't leave or, you know, please keep us up to date. And so just, you know, this summer, this past summer was obviously a crazy one at our station or at LEX 18. And, and, you know, I love every single person there. That was that station, you know, meant the world to me. Um, but I just needed a break from all of that mess and just from TV in general is so stressful enough. But then on top of everything that happened, I just needed a break. And so I've just been thinking about it and praying about it a lot. 
and the answer I always come back to is, and the feeling I keep getting is, I feel like I'm not done yet in TV. I really feel like I want to do something else in TV, but I want it to be the right thing. Sure. I feel like I've now got the luxury of, because when I first started out, it was like, I've got to take whatever job I can get to get my right. foot in the door. Now I feel like, A, I have enough experience and talent to back up saying like, no, I don't have to take whatever job. But also, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, I just feel very blessed to be in the position to be able to be a little more choosy now, which sure. I feel like, you know, comes that, with experience. That's a good position to be in. It is, and I, I'm feel, I still feel very lucky, you know, to be in that position. So I don't know what that's going to be, but I do want to do something in TV. Ideally, I would love to do kind of a similar show to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Like that to me, I love news. You know, I anchored news for years and years, and I love it, uh, you know, I love that, but I loved morning news because I was able to show my personality and be a little more relaxed right. than you're allowed to be at night. And so that was what I got to do on Live with Lee and Haley, but it wasn't just a few minutes here and there. It was the whole show. I got to be myself. And I feel like that's when people really connected with me because they're like, she's just a regular girl, you know, because Tennessee, I mean, I know Kentuckians like to hate on it. Well, yeah, but they're a lot alike. They are a lot alike <laughs> besides the rivalry. And that's, I think, why I have taken to Lexington and Kentucky so much because it feels like home. It sure. feels so yeah. similar to where I'm There's, from. Kentucky is most like Tennessee than any other state. Exactly. I'm like, come on, guys, we're all part of the same team here. And so, um, I don't even know where I was going with that. But yeah, I definitely want to stay in TV and ideally I would love to be doing a show similar to what I was doing because I just find so much joy and relaxation in that, honestly. I think a lot of people, they'll come up to me and they'll be like, I don't know how you do what you do. That would just, I would just be a nervous wreck. And I'm a nervous wreck most of the time, except when I'm on TV. I feel so, it's like this, crazy calm comes over me you don't you don't necessarily think about it about yeah I'm just I'm doing I'm enjoying it I'm genuinely having so much fun when I'm on TV like it's so fun so I really I miss that feeling I'm enjoying my break but I miss that feeling and I'm really hoping the right opportunity comes along something that you know I feel like God will drop in my lap because that's where most of my TV jobs I feel like God truly has dropped them into my lap. Like I feel like I, you know, and that's where I'm constantly seeking is to be in God's plan and figure out what he wants for me next because the times I've gone out on my own have never really <laughs> served me well right, when sure. I've tried to make my own decisions. <laughs> so I'm sure the right thing will be there. I so. hope so. So I'm excited. I'm nervous, scared to death, well, but I'm excited. Yeah. When you've you've learned to overcome the fear though, if that's right. I'm that's trying. the direction to I'm trying. Yes, I can't go. operate out of that. Oh, we've got the holidays coming up. They're yes. facing us here. Are you a holiday gal? Do you, love it. Do you love the holidays? Love the holidays. Christmas, you know, is my favorite holiday okay. of the year. I just so you, love so it. So of, of the, the big three. The big three. The Halloween, Thanksgiving, and, and Christmas. Yes. Christmas gal. I so love you, Christmas, So do man. you start like, putting out your wreath in mid-October? Uh, no, <laughs> I try to let, uh, you know, I, I try to let Thanksgiving have its day. Okay. And then the day after I, Thanksgiving. I agree with that. You know, yes. and I, th I feel like that's a hot-button issue with people, whether you, it is. you know, if you tie it all in together. I'm a big, let's celebrate Thanksgiving. And then the Black Friday is the day I'm putting my tree up. The day after Thanksgiving, yeah, I've got my tree up, go. all my lights, everything. Because then I want that full month to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And I don't take my lights or my tree down till New Year's, well, okay? Sure. Well, of course not. It's still no. celebratory. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Well, what, what kind of food traditions did you grow up with and, and that you want, that you feel like ought to be a part of, whether it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, yeah. whatever it is, what, what has to be there for you to feel like it's 
the right thing? Uh, deviled eggs. Okay. For sure. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Gotta have deviled eggs. And then my grandmother's, and I'm gonna see, are you a dressing guy or a stuffing guy? What do you call it? Uh, we call it dressing. Okay, good. We do yeah. too. We call it dressing. I feel like that's another one of those. People right. have a very firm stance yeah. on that. I'm in the dressing camp. Um, my grandmother's dressing is out of this world. And then deviled eggs. Those are my two, two biggies. My two have, big things. Any, any, are you a sweets person when it comes to Christmas? Or I love pumpkin pie. That's more of a Thanksgiving thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, pumpkin pie with uh, basically the whole can of whipped cream. Or yeah. if we're lucky enough, my mom has made real whipped cream. Right. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So good. And then at Christmas, I love pecan pie. Yeah. Love pecan. Uh, yeah. uh, with ice cream, pecan. vanilla ice cream. Lord these blessings. <laughs> Let's back up a, a couple of holidays and okay. I, wanna, I have a Halloween question for you. Okay. What, what are your, what's, what's the Halloween candy you want to see in your bag? Yes. And what's the Halloween candy that, that's going to either in the trash can or, or you're giving it to somebody else? Yes. Okay. Um, and this is, in, this is important information. Okay. When I was a kid, here were the two, oh man, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups and Skittles. And if you can get sour Skittles, you must have been in the nice neighborhood because that that's those are the big three for I, me. I love sour Skittles. The, I love mean, it. honestly, have you yeah. ever eaten, well, no, I don't want to get gross. Have you ever eaten so much that your tongue went numb? You've eaten yeah. so many, oh, yeah. it's like it just yeah. killed all the cells on the top. Yeah. No, I love sour candies. I so, do too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, sour love candy. Them. Yeah, so those, I'd say Skittles number one, Reese's number two, and then Sour Skittles number three, just because I feel like the chances of getting that are pretty darn slim, the fun size bag. The candy that um, that really turns my stomach is anything licorice flavored. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. why are we doing this? Right. Why are we doing this? That's, I hate licorice. That's, you, you've gotten the trick instead of the treat, you yes. feel like. Yes, I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? It's just, who likes this stuff? I know there are people, but I'm like, tell us what, give us your address so we can all mail you licorice because it is disgusting. <laughs> so gross. But yeah, I, when we were kids, we would get, you know, the little plastic, you know, pumpkin right, buckets yes. to take mm -hmm. around. But then when we got bigger, we realized like, okay, this isn't going to cut it. And we did the pillowcase thing where oh, you'd walk yeah, around with yeah, the pillowcase, yeah. be dragging that down the street. Oh my gosh. Well, you can, sometimes you can like have, you can offload it. Yes, if you're in your neighborhood, maybe in your yeah. mom's car, you can drop it off. Yeah, we, we loved trick-or-treating. That was a blast when we were kids. And then one time when I was in high school, my friends and I, we decided we would go trick-or-treating one more time. And we all put on really funny big costumes and, and went. And people, like, loved it in the neighborhood we went in. They just thought it was so funny. They were like adults. I mean, not adults. We were still, like, 17. But we felt like we were adults. Sure, we knew everything then. What did you go with? That year, I, <laughs> I put on... It was an overweight referee's costume, uh -huh. and that's what it was called. I think it was just called like the fat ref. And so it was this one piece, and it had basically like a one of those rings that they'll put in women's wedding dresses, like the oh, kind of yeah. ribbed thing right, that's yeah. like goes under like, like the tulle skirt, kind of like thing. a hoop. Yes, yeah, like a hoop, hoop. skirt. We'd well, had that, but around the stomach <laughs> and around your back, so it made my my stomach was like three feet out, and it was but it was one piece. You stepped into it. It was black pants, the black and white striped top, and yeah, it had a whistle. I don't know where we got that. When I was a kid, I was a pumpkin. I was a princess. I was, a, I, I don't even know, cute stuff. I was very girly, still am. Yeah. But yeah, that was the fat ref. Long live the fat referee. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are there pictures of that? Okay. I think so, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, hope so. That, I feel like that should be recorded. Yeah, that was a good shining moment for high school Haley. 
Well, we'll keep an eye on social media and see if that If I can find that, that, I'll post up. it. Okay. Yeah, that was good. I love <laughs> Halloween. You know, I'm not, I'm a scaredy cat, so I'm not big on like actual scary stuff. Sure. Like yeah. I, oh, I hate a haunted house. I'm sorry. They, I cannot take scary the stress. Scary movies? Yeah. Um, I like suspenseful movies. Mm -hmm. I don't do gore. I get easily yeah. disgusted, grossed out, squeamish. I like suspenseful movies. Like if it's a really good suspense movie that I can be watching with a group of people, I'm good. Anything gory at all, no, I'm out. Uh-uh, no thanks. I'm not watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not watching anything that could happen to my body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, can't do it. Are you a open your presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning person? We, well, both. We were growing up, we did both because we went to one grandparent's house and then we went, so we went to my mom's, my mom's parents' house Christmas Eve and we opened all of our presents from them, kind of our family gifts. And then we'd go to my dad's parents' house Christmas Day and we would open that side. So we kind of got to do both. Mm -hmm. Now in adulthood, we usually do all of it on Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, because we'll all go to my parents' house and, and that's really fun. But like, like last year, we were all kind of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that because we were used to going to like my other grandparents on Christmas Day. Well, then we woke up Christmas Day and we'd already opened all of our presents. Right, and right. we were like, well, what's the point? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I was always a Christmas morning person. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you've got something to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. Especially when, I mean, Santa still comes now. But so we would have a couple little things. But like when we were kids, oh, that I mean, there is no feeling that can replace Christmas morning oh, when you're absolutely. a kid and Santa brings the goods, like the good goods, yeah. like, oh, my gosh, yeah. like th things have dropped. They have. Yeah. yeah. I think in adulthood, I mean, cause Santa does focus mainly on kids and that's nice. So he'll bring little things. But yeah. some, sometimes if you've been good, sometimes things sometimes he'll, come yes. your way. he'll bring good things. So. Well, thanks for sitting down and talking to me. Thanks, thanks. I've I feel like it. I get on tangents. Even oh, that's, that's what podcasts are for. <laughs> that's right. Why we're not? allowed to just talk. Yeah. But no, thank you and congrats on this new podcast thanks. venture. This is awesome. I feel like you're already doing so much good for the food scene. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you really are. Uh, and this is just of, an extension of that. Lots of folks I want to talk to, and I'm glad that you were you had a little free time you could sit down with me you know what i've got a lot of free time so you you let me know all right we may do a follow-up episode that's soon. right Haley, how are you i'm still doing the same if i mean if you decide that you're you're not busy enough with the other podcasts i could y'all could always use a co-host so. oh excellent excellent i'm down with that but yeah so more details soon to come on the podcast all right, i'm excited yeah, well, we will absolutely fun. let folks know about that yeah. well, i'm looking forward to hearing it i don't i may not be the target audience but you know we'll see you love the bachelor I don't know that I've ever watched an episode of it. <laughs> I go back and forth. I'll watch a season and then I'm away from it for like four years because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Yeah, I can't I watch, do it. And then they suck you back in. I watch boring, uh, you know, like Netflix documentaries and yes. things like that. And I love Netflix, man. The, the Speaking of food TV, and I, I guess this isn't ending the podcast, but I'll throw this out. But I really love the the food shows that netflix does yeah the chef's table and so forth yes fantastic television and, and years ago i was a you know, food tv person and but it got to where it was just sort of unwatchable for me just yeah performance things that just weren't really about the food anymore yeah exactly and they do such a beautiful job with a lot of those shows okay cool and i'll check that out you absolutely should and of course I was very upset when Anthony Bourdain passed because he was oh, no. he was a big food hero of mine. So oh yeah, and very, for a lot of people you know, that was just such a heartbreaking. I think everybody kind of looked at him as having the world's best job. 
Oh, honestly, you know? yeah, he did. Um, and one of the things that, you know, the hopefully a lesson learned is that whatever it is, you're not going to find happiness there. Mm -hmm. You've got to find it with something beyond just mm -hmm. being in front of people. Because yeah. you, you can't, you think, how could it get any better? But mm -hmm. obviously for him, it was a lot of struggle. So Yeah, and you just never know what's really going on so. with people. Well, and I'm sorry to end on a down note. <laughs> yes, <but laughs> let's, let's try to come up, well, let's try to end positively. Yeah, we'll what's end what's positive. for dinner for you today? What are you going to have? I, Do you I, know? I don't know, actually. That's a, that's a very good question. We, at my house, we have... Uh, sort of wildly different schedules. I've got. Yes. I have three teenage daughters. Oh my gosh! Bless you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do a lot of driving them around, mm -hmm. and and my wife is a nurse practitioner, and so she is at her office, and so a lot of times, for example, tonight, she is going to a dinner, a dinner associated with her work. So okay, like okay. Drug companies and so forth sponsor dinners yes. and they do informative talks. So she gets she goes and eats at all of these really nice restaurants. That oh, I excellent. I right, but I don't get to go. I'm yeah. like I'm always do they can you take a guest to that? Yeah. Like, no, it's really pretty restricted. So I um, so I'm not sure what it will be. Dang uh, it. Not as not as good as my wife's going to have tonight. Yeah, exactly. I think she's probably going to have steak and some some kind. Goodness, of I don't know what's for dinner tonight, but for lunch today, one last shout out to Weta Michael, our queen. I just had lunch at Honeywood at oh, the summit. Oh, yeah, very so good. So good. Yeah. I had their catfish, guys. Really good. The chain. Yeah. So good. But yeah, congrats again on the podcast, and thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. Eat Kentucky, y'all. Eat Kentucky. That's right. It will hopefully continue on for, for many episodes to come. Let's do it. All right. Thanks a lot. No problem. You can find links to Haley's social media accounts and to the A Block podcast in the show notes. Please hit the subscribe button to the Eat Kentucky podcast so you can be notified of new episodes. And please consider leaving a five-star rating. It helps others find the podcast. You can also find Eat Kentucky on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter please give a follow so you can keep up with all my explorations of Kentucky food. The Eat Kentucky musical theme is by Art Mize. If you have comments or questions, you can email me at eatkentucky at gmail.com. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Lexington area, I'm a realtor with Keller Williams Bluegrass Realty. I would love to talk to you. Until next time, this is your host, Alan Coyne.